0: 1470, 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. As I said in the preview to the show, uh, a lot feels like it's happening today, has happened today. Uh, there is a debate tonight, of course, for most of the Republican candidates for the uh, nomination for president. Of course, Trump will not be a part of that. And I have some audio of Tucker Carlson saying what to expect when they release their interview. Uh, Tucker sat down with Trump, I uh, said it was Trump's idea, so I'll, I'll play some of that audio in a second. But one of the bigger stories to start with, uh, outside of what's going on uh, right now in um, Pittsburgh, in the Garfield neighborhood in Pittsburgh, where there's an active shooter situation. And as far as I've seen, as as far as any reporting on that story goes, um, no one has been killed. Uh, The shooter is still alive and has been firing at police officers and a whole bunch of SWAT from all over. Uh, the area responded in Pittsburgh, uh, to that, uh, situation, and it all is because of an eviction notice that was served to the individual living inside the home who's in his sixties. Um, and if it's relevant to people, I'm gonna keep saying it because people ask this stuff, uh, he is a black man, uh, that is right now holed up in a home. Uh, but that, that story, has been going on for like six or seven hours and there's no real update on anything other than that they're clearing out the area and, you know, trying to keep the neighborhood safe. It's, an, it's kind of an odd story, but we'll, we'll get to more of that later if, if something develops. And I know that there were reports from some of the local television outlets saying that there might be a surrender that was coming at some point. Uh, but anyway, the bigger story from a international perspective is Prigozhin, uh the person who was in charge of, or the leader of the Wagner group, Uh, which is that mercenary group in Russia that um, for a very short amount of time seemed to be launching a revolution, a counteroffensive, whatever you want to call it, an attack on uh, Russia, on Moscow. And they were succeeding in their um, very limited uh, uh, military action or, you know, um, whatever you want to call it, that they were doing. And then they just sort of gave up. And then he surrendered uh, the leader of the Wagner group. And eventually he was told he could go live in Belarus, and then Belarus said no. It's been very confusing. Anyway, he was reportedly on a plane that may have been shot down. Uh, Russian media, which cannot be trusted, is saying that he is among those who died, 10 people on a plane. Here's some of what Fox said about this story.
1: We should note here, though, this is all according to preliminary reports and information from Russian state media indicating there were 10 people on board this business jet flying to St. Petersburg. Three of them were crew members, and according to these reports, one of them was Yevgeny Prigozhin. Now, Prigozhin is a man with a long history of fake identities, faking his own death, and even using disguises in order to get away from difficult situations. We don't want to speculate exactly what happened or who may have ordered this plane to be shot down if indeed that is the case, but again, Russian state media indicating today ...that the 62-year-old leader of the Wagner Group, Evgeny Prigozhin, was killed when his business jet was shot out of the sky by reported Russian air defense systems. Okay, so let's recap for a second. I'm not laughing
0: because I find that story funny. That's a huge, giant story, uh, something that would be very relevant to the person in charge of our country and a lot of leaders throughout the entire world as to whether or not this occurred, uh, even though it's unsurprising by Putin standards and things that happen in Russia when people defy Putin. But I can't help but want to play this update from Fox that was not necessarily tied to that update, uh, talking about what happened uh, with Yev- Yevgeny Pergoshin. Uh But at the same time, it's just sort of surreal to hear this stated and then have that go on and then eventually I have some audio of our current president, but here we go.
1: Also, this just into us from the White House, the president, the first lady and members of their family are taking a Pilates class right now, <laughs> what, followed what? by a spin class. Uh, OK, um, this is out of the White House. All right. Um, so we're watching for any of that. No pictures as of now, but
0: <laughs> no updates yet. He's in a spin class and he's doing some Pilates, uh, the president of our country. And then eventually he came out of that class. He had a, a juice of some kind in his hand. I don't know what kind of. Uh, post-workout shake he drinks, and he was asked about the thing that had been relevant for hours, uh, the thing everyone's talking about, and he was unavailable because he was uh, spinning. Uh, here we go. I recall when I
2: was asked about this by you, I said, I'd be careful what I drink and what I wrote in. It, I don't know for a fact what happened, but I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah, why don't you know for a fact what happened? But why don't you have any information, any intel to share with us? Oh, that's right, because you were doing spin class.
3: Do you think Duval
0: are valuable? There's not much that happens when
2: the rush not behind, but I don't know enough to know the answer. I've been working out for the last hour and a half. <laughs>
0: you're aware. You've been working out for the last hour and a half. You don't know enough. You're not, you're not going to rush out of that class uh, to get some information on this. you got, you got a whole workout to get in. Uh, but that is our president speaking to reporters very briefly. I know that it's kind of hard to hear what he was saying. They're capturing it on mics. They don't really put close enough to his face. You got to do that better. Uh, but essentially he said, if you didn't hear him, that he doesn't know what happened, uh, but he's not surprised and that he had told people, uh, before that this is the kind of thing that you could expect in russia and if you were uh Pergosian, you should have been very careful on what you wrote on uh, whether it was a plane or something and going into saint petersburg or flying around russia is a unique aspect to that story that makes it somewhat possible that it was a a misdirect or a, a fake death and yet that's all we have right now but our president was too busy doing other stuff he, you can't you can't interrupt. I mean honestly, if you paid for the whole class, you want to make sure to get the full 50 minutes in or whatever it was. One last thing I want to play, and there's a lot to talk about today. So we're going to bounce all over the place. I do have sillier stuff that we'll get to too, uh cuz you can't do all serious stuff or else, you know, we all feel awful. Uh but this is Tucker Carlson talking about what to expect tonight at 8:55 p.m. Eastern, 7:55 uh, our time. It will release on Twitter, uh which is or X, I guess is what it's supposed to be called now. Uh, which is what I kind of expected and thought. That was part of the announcement. Uh, but here is what he says he and Trump will be talking about as the first Republican debate will be going on on Fox that, well, won't feature the leading candidate on the Republican side of the aisle, which means it won't have anywhere near as many eyeballs as it would have had if Trump was a part of it. So here we go. Here's what Tucker said you can expect if you decide to tune into a live stream that uh, admittedly has already been taped. So it's not live, live. It's live-ish,
3: kind of. Here we go. On Sunday, Donald Trump announced that he will not participate in tonight's Republican candidates debate, hosted by Fox News in Milwaukee. Whatever you think of Trump, he is, as of tonight, the indisputable far and away front runner in the Republican race. We think voters have an interest in hearing what he thinks. So when Trump approached us about having a conversation for a far larger audience than he'd receive on cable news, we happily accepted. That interview will air tonight in this space at 8.55. We hope you'll watch. I think a lot of people probably will watch,
0: and then he's got a very fancy sounder, and he's already changed his thing to uh, Tucker on X instead of Tucker on Twitter, which sounded better. Um, But Tucker Carlson, the former president of the United States, having a wide-ranging conversation. Uh, You know, I talked to uh, Mark Strauss yesterday after he was on the show, uh, before he left, and we kept guessing as to why this wouldn't have come out sooner. Why wouldn't Tucker or uh, Trump release this as soon as they created it or make it live. I know and I understand that they're designed to have it be counter-programming to the debate, kind of show the power uh, of Trump comparatively. If the eyeballs are, are larger on uh, X on Twitter for this than they are in the actual debate itself, I, I assume Tucker Carlson would have great joy as that um, setup seems to sound like he's saying in beating uh, Fox. Uh, but the other thing that we thought of, And that was right as Mark was walking out is if they had released it earlier. And this is not something I had, had, you know, dawned on me until I'm talking back and forth with my friend. Um, If they had released it earlier, there's probably a likelihood that they would have played some of those things that Trump said during the actual debate and then allowed the candidates to respond to it, essentially having a debate with Trump without Trump being there. So it actually makes sense to me more now uh, than it did before to, to wait to hold it until they can air uh, you know, at the same time. And who knows? Maybe they'll still be paying attention to it, some producer. They'll pull audio and they'll inject it into the debate and try to answer or talk about those things. Because Trump's opinion is the most important, I would imagine, to a lot of people uh, that would be tuning in. Whether or not you can defeat his opinion, all that stuff. Like beating Trump would have been the objective of everybody in that room had he uh, participated in it. But we'll see. It is interesting to me that they will air concurrently, that they will air as as competing things. And, again, it makes it harder but not impossible to choose to pull from that and put that within the questions or the things that are talked about uh, within the debate tonight. I don't know what you're going to choose to watch uh, either uh, because both are available after the fact and a whole lot of people don't watch live anyway, anything anymore, uh, but we will see. Uh, And, actually, you know what, I take that back a little bit. I think Twitter has at times uh, demonstrated or or x Or other forms of media that live streaming can attract a lot of eyeballs in the moment, more so than television. Uh, So Tucker's right about that. All right, we'll take a break. A lot of other stuff to talk about. Going to do some sillier stuff, too, today, because you have to. Otherwise, as I said, things get crazy. Uh, But 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's The Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3. WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. It is hot. Uh, you obviously know this if you've been outside at all today, yesterday, tomorrow if we go outside, it's going to be very hot. Uh, the heat index I think I saw at highest today was 121. It's 118 right now. And I, I was wondering, because they say 121 is a record, like what are some other heat index highs in our area here in Peoria, um, in this exact community? Uh, because of course, one of the conversations that dovetails off of heat index and record highs and the whole Midwest uh, being very, very hot for the last few days is whether or not this is a sign of, of global warming. And so just for your edification or for mine or for whoever wants this information, 119 was the previous record that was on July 13th, 1995. A 117 heat index, we had twice in uh, 1999 in July and then in 1980 also in July Uh, 116 16 a couple times, and then one 15 we've had six or seven times, including in late August, August 27th of 1990. So whether or not we've seen something similar before, uh, the answer would be yes, it is rare, uh, but we've we've seen it. I saw it in the 80s, in the 90s, in the 2000s. I feel like I'm now doing like the hits, uh, 80s, 90s, and today, all your best music. Uh, but 121 would be a new record, and tomorrow is likely to be even hotter, as I think the actual temperature itself is going to be 101 degrees. Uh, by the way, the record temperature set, uh, not the heat index, but the, the temperature, and we didn't always do a heat index. I guess we've only been doing that since like 1948. Uh, back in 1936, 113 degrees. That was on July 15th. Uh, in 36, it was hot a lot. Uh, the other records are all from the days before, on the 13th of July in 1936, 109, July 14th, 1936, 110, and so you can see what's happening here. Uh, July 11th, uh, I don't know what happened on July 12th, 1936, it's 108 degrees, so big giant heat wave uh, passed through Peoria, but we didn't take heat indexes then, so that probably would have set some records too, uh, since everything on the list of highest temperature recorded is all the 1930s. Um, so that... Whether or not, again, I, I've, I've said on the show that I don't uh, disbelieve that climate change is, is real. I don't think the United States government is the right people to try to fix the problem. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that uh, way of talking about it or the things that they plan to do and whether they'd even benefit the world. Um, but as far as just heat itself goes, uh, we have we have seen this stuff before. And we've seen uh, a lot of it, I guess, uh, back in the 30s. And I, I doubt anybody listening to this show Although you never know, uh, I don't know who the oldest person is in town. It would be possible that someone vaguely or barely, or I doubt in any way, shape, or form remembers uh, those hot, hot days. In the th- Maybe somebody told you about it. Maybe someone can text me, 309-340-4464, and like you, uh, a grandma or grandpa passed it down about how hard life was back in the day. And they talked about that heat wave in the 1930s and how it obviously was a big deal because uh, it sounds like it was. Uh, but let me know 309-340-4464. If you have a long passed down story uh, that you didn't know if it was true, I can I can confirm his. All right, other stuff out there. I thought this was interesting. A comedian, or at least a guy who described himself as a comedian, tried to make what he called a joke. And I'm only saying what he called a joke, not because I think it's all that big of a deal, but because I guess the internet thought it was a pretty big deal, and a pilot Thought it was a pretty big deal. But I, I do kind of like the way he reacts after the fact to this. But he was getting on a plane. The pilot's standing there. We all know that. We've been through that. And he goes, you've been drinking. And the pilot gets very mad at him. Here's what it sounds like, because I guess he also was recording this as he was doing it.
4: How you doing? Good. Are you the pilot of this flight? Yeah, what's up? You haven't been drinking or anything, have you? You know what? <laughs> I'm hey, joking around. It's no, a I'm joke. Not joking. It's a joke, sir. I'm not joking. I can pull off right now. Oh How dare god. you? Sir. You ever heard of a joke? I'm a comedian. Come oh my god. I'm a comedian. You right. dummy. Joke, you, you don't useless.
3: laugh. You do I'm very do
4: that. sorry I find okay. it. Okay. And the reason being you don't do it because that gentleman right there and anybody who else who's around now doubts what I do for a living. Alright. So I don't go into your
0: work. I understand. Anymore. It was a don't joke. Didn't mean no offend you. It please. made no offend you. No yet. Wow. <laughs> See what I mean about life? <laughs> See what I mean about life is my favorite part of that. Look, I don't know who you agree with, and you can text me your your reaction to that, too. That audio, 309-340-4464. 309-340-4464, again, is the phone number to text directly to me. That is my number. I'm giving it out on the radio. Uh, But I do think there's a point to people can't take jokes anymore. And even the way the pilot says, like, now people doubt me. Now everybody around... Because you asked me a question, have I been drinking, is going to assume I've been drinking. Why do we do that? Why would any part of that be true? And I don't know if it is true. I wouldn't do that. If I heard this joke, I wouldn't be like, uh-oh, that pilot's hammered. Our plane is about to have problems. If you have any, is on it, even more so, apparently. Um, but no, I, I just, I, I don't get how crazy it got, and he he's threatening to throw him off. I don't know if it's a funny joke. I don't know if I do this joke, but I did think it was interesting how big of a reaction there was and how many people are saying the pilot put the guy in his place for making a joke about you you've been drinking uh, before flying a plane somewhere. Again, it feels like very um uh very quick to to go to the most extreme reaction possible, which does feel like that exists uh for not a lot of us, uh but some people uh, in the world we live in right now today. Uh, and so I do think the comedian has a point in how he goes at the end like wow. Uh, you see what I mean about the world we live in now, people? You see what I hear it is? They mean no they yeah. mean no prejudice. Wow. See what I mean about life? <laughs> see what I mean about life in general? Can't make any jokes anymore. Although, again, I, I don't know. Uh, you tell me who you agree with. I wouldn't have thought it was all that harmful if I were the pilot. All right. Uh, Will's got the news. A lot more coming up in a bit. As I said, there feels like there's a whole lot to talk about today. Uh, we do have an update on a person who was maybe not going to be in the debate But now, we'll be in the debate. It's not Trump. It's somebody else. And it's a crazy reason why. I'll tell you all about that coming up next. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, We're doing this every Wednesday now. Dan Lloyd, unofficial producer, friend of the show, hangs out. Um, How are you doing, buddy?
4: I'm doing good. Good. I'm trying to stay cool. I don't understand this right now.
0: So a couple things. Uh, First, you worked in politics early on in your career. You do other stuff now. So I like to throw some political conversations at you. And we're definitely going to talk debate in a second.
4: Oh, beautiful. It's
0: your birthday tomorrow, though. Thanks. Yeah. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Look at this. Uh, What are you doing? You going to celebrate it Uh, I'm just going to spend some time with my son. Okay. That's the best. You know, it would be nice if every once in a while for a birthday, you know, after long after our 20s, we went back to acting like we were 21 just for that one night. Just get totally hammered or do whatever it is that you did for your 21st birthday. I'd like to go to
4: the one where when I was a kid, you get the pony. I never got the pony. I wanted the pony.
0: (laughs) Or that, yeah, like go back, go even deeper, dive deeper. I want my Teddy Ruxpin gift to finally be given to me <laughs> yes. when I was a kid. Never happened. All right, let's do politics. Let's okay. talk about that. Yep. Um, so the debate is tonight. Um, it is interesting that Trump will not be at it. It doesn't now, surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either. And now he is counter-programming it, uh, putting mm-hmm. up the Tucker Carlson thing. Right. So what's your first reaction to any of that as far as how Trump benefits or doesn't from choosing not to be I think this.
4: he benefits because of the fact that it's going to get talked about. He's he's taking up oxygen in that room. yeah. And so Christie, you know, is going to go after him. The sure. problem is Christie can't go after him too long because the guy's not there to defend himself.
0: Also, Christie isn't relevant, I don't think. No, I, I don't think he's a real contender for this thing.
4: I don't think he is, but I think that he could shape the way that the... Others attack yes, him? Yes, exactly. Sure. I think this is make or break for DeSantis. That's oh, my I'm opinion.
0: 100%. I, this I is agree make
4: or break for DeSantis, and DeSantis would be smart to stay away from Trump and try to introduce himself and establish himself as the other candidate.
0: That's you, my opinion. How do you do that if Trump is such a cloud over all of it?
4: I think he keeps pivoting to himself and what he can do and what he can do differently than
0: Trump. Do you think that he keeps talking about how successful he's been in Florida? Because that's one thing that I feel like helps and hurts him. It makes him sometimes to me sound smaller, not sound like a national level player, but sound like a a state level.
4: I think he has to reintroduce himself to the public. Okay. And I think he has to be personable and and, charming uh, and charming. And Tim Scott's going to take care of that. Tim
0: Scott's going to be very good at that, I think. Yes,
4: I think he is. I think Pence is going to be interesting in terms of how he distances himself from January 6th and Trump.
0: Ramaswamy feels like the other guy that could really That guy's just going to
4: take his shirt off. I think that's what he's going to (laughs) do. So... If it just comes to the end yeah, of it, that, it's that, like that, okay, yeah. let's uh, all candidates right. take their shirts off and yeah. uh, flex for us. Right,
0: yeah, all right, Rob Swami, put your shirt back on, please. I don't know why you took it off so soon. Um, well, I do think that guy's
4: ridiculous. Well,
0: I do think he's the other guy most likely to benefit from this if he does well, and I think he's eloquent enough to do well. His stock may rise.
4: No, the, the concern for me is I think no one can have, and DeSantis especially. No one can have a Rick Perry moment. If you remember the Rick Perry moment, that cannot happen. (laughs) The problem with Swami is the fact that he has no political experience. Sure. So he has to establish himself as someone who is strong on these issues. that He doesn't flip-flop. And, uh, like I said, it's going to be really tempting to get on this Trump train and, and go after him. Mm-hmm. Whoever can pivot off of that, it's going to be successful, I okay. think.
0: Okay. Uh, what do you think of Trump and what he'll wind up talking about with Tucker Carlson?
4: Oh, they're just going to, you know, rip apart Fox News. That's just <laughs> what's going to happen.
0: The whole time, all it's going to be is Brett uh, Bear's the worst? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, do you think that it was Trump's idea or Tucker's idea or all above to do this as counter programming?
4: I think it was all above. Okay. I think it was the campaign. They, now they got a situation with they can push the and see with the surrogates that, you know, Mike Gates is going to be there. He's going to try to get in the spin room. Sure. They're just I mean, any story, bad or good for Trump is only benefiting him, in my opinion. And so that's what they're doing.
0: So at the end of all this, do you think that anyone will realistically close any sort of gap with Trump or no? I
4: don't think so. I think that it's gonna be. Either. I don't. I think it's gonna be pretty much the same. Yeah. I think that the issue is gonna be is we're gonna see some candidates fall off. And yeah, honestly, like I said, DeSantis, this is make or break. This is yeah. this is game seven.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you don't perform well tonight, um, I do think his his chances are pretty much zero.
4: You know, I think his his his, uh, his tactic is interesting. I saw him at the Iowa State Fair and he was talking about how he's gonna to go to every county in Iowa. And you remember Santorum did that and he was successful. He won the Iowa. IR- Iowa primary. Let's just remember, though, whoever wins Iowa doesn't necessarily win the election.
0: Right. And the amount of people that actually show up to the caucus is, right. is really, and the caucus, really don't, small.
4: Don't get me started on the caucus. The caucus <laughs> is just nuts in itself.
0: All right, buddy. That's fine. So. Um, yeah. Uh, what else you got? You said there was something else. You uh, well,
4: about. you know, I think the Biden going to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. That was that was crazy because he talked about himself. He actually it might be the first time since. And I looked this up. 1984 was the last time a Republican won Hawaii. And uh, Biden might have taken care of that.
0: (laughs) He might have ended that forever. He he might have. I mean,
4: let's just be honest.
0: I mean... He crapped on Hawaii a little bit because he said we're going to build it back better and made people mad.
4: Well, and these stories he tells. I mean, does anybody prep him? I mean, it's like... I really hope he never has to talk to people who have been devastated by a flood. And he tells the story: "Well, Jill, you know, I was in the bathroom taking a shower, and I, I didn't realize—I didn't under, understand that the shower curtain had to go on the inside of the shower. And then I walked out, and my yep. my dear wife—and long story short, mm-hmm. she almost slipped and died. She
0: almost <laughs> slipped and died. <laughs> and uh, so I understand so I, the pain you're going. I through. I know
4: what you're going through here.
0: It, it is nuts. I, I will say this about uh, that story specifically because he told it in Florida. He's been telling it again and again. The small house fire that he makes sound as though right. it devastated." at his home. Um,
4: and his he, Corvette. And his Corvette. He, he, met, he lumped his wife in with his Corvette.
0: And then his cat. His yes. cat came third, I think, in the list. Um, but the, the thing that's most interesting about it is that it's been debunked, and yet he still tells it. That goes to the part of you saying no one's prepping him, because they're they're saying that he is you know exaggerating this thing that he doesn't need to be sharing with anyone in those moments. It's not helping. The people don't care about it. But more importantly, it's the fact that he's so willing to continue lying to people even though it's been debunked, I don't know that we see a lot of politicians, and you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, do it like that, where, where you don't change it at all, you don't try to respond to the criticism, you just keep blazing through with the lie or whatever it is you're telling without any recognition whatsoever, especially in a moment where it doesn't matter. It's not a lie about policy. This is a lie about a, a thing you experienced in your life.
4: It's unbelievable. I mean, I, the the funny part about the video is, if you watch the video, they had this band, Hawaiian bandstand behind him, mm-hmm. and these guys are looking at him like. Are you serious right now? Is this guy really? Is <laughs> why he, is he doing this? Where, where, where's the hook? Let's yeah. pull him off the stage. Yeah. So yeah. You know
0: what's funny about that? Actually, I watched the time that he told the story in Florida too, after the um, you know, hurricanes and stuff there, and you could see Desantis behind him making faces like, "What it? What is going on right now? Why right. is this the story being told?" So it's a very common reaction. And why
4: is MSNBC going to say, "Oh, this is no big deal"? This yeah. looks how human he is.
0: I saw CNN said that he he crushed his uh, visit to Hawaii. Yes. So, yeah. Great analysis by them. Amazing. Uh huh. Um, um, Biden is now on vacation too. By the way, I think he's on like yeah, an vacation house. Yeah, yeah right. Well, let's go After vacation. Being a beach. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Yeah, way to go, uh, Commander in Chief. Uh, all right. Before we get out of here, one other quick thing I just want to ask you about. Oscar Mayer. You know them? They make hot dogs. They're going to be giving away hot dog straws. Do you have any reaction? <laughs> I, I kind of knew you'd love this. Do you have any reaction to a hot dog straw?
4: Can you describe that in more detail of what this is?
0: It's what you think it is. Okay. I don't think that's there's any. Way. Okay. <laughs> I don't think there's any way to describe it with you not already envisioning the thing that you think it is. That's what's going on. A guy at a Yankee game went viral a while ago for poking a hole in a hot dog and drinking beer with it. Now,
4: did the marketing director for Bud Light go work for Oscar (laughs) Mayer now? (laughs) Is
0: that what happened? That's great. Yeah, the campaign is going to be okay. um, Dylan Mulvaney's yes. very
4: soon. Okay.
0: Uh, I don't know. Hot dog straw. It's a thing. It's out there in the world. It's um, a
4: gimmick. It'll. It'll. You know.
0: <laughs> it's gross. It's,
4: it's disgusting. It's very gross, yeah. and you know, makes it yeah. for some interesting selfies.
0: I guess I'm happy that the Yankees get mentioned in something other than a nine-game losing streak. Uh, that's nice. Have you ever
4: seen the Oscar Mayer Uh
0: No, I've never seen it in person. I have
4: seen it on I-74 actually. Okay. And it was a, a shocking display. <laughs>
0: How so? Do you mind describing uh, that
4: before just, I let you go? Just, it just caught me off guard. Okay. And it, it looked it like it up on you. It looked like it'd be a really cool thing to drive.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it would be. I don't know if it handles well. I'm very confused about the amount of uh, ability. I mean, it's
4: not my dream car. My dream car is a VW bus. But sure. I mean, that's really the, yes. <laughs> that can't 100%, be true. I'm, it's 100% true. Why
0: would you want a VW bus?
4: So I bad? love VW buses.
0: So you're a hippie. I'm not a hippie. I, I, didn't I, know just, that about I am
4: you. absolutely. I just love a so VW bus. How long bus. have you
0: been following around the Grateful Dead? Not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> A lot,
4: but okay. I, when I go to California, I I love to see them, and I've looked online. And they're very very hard to find, and they're yeah. very very expensive.
0: Sure, uh, you love a VW bus. My wife loves a VW Beetle, the old one, oh, yeah. the old looking one. Herbie. And I would rather just have an Aston Martin. That's that's what I would okay. go with. I would like James Bond's car.
4: Your reaction to that when I said that's my dream car is pretty much the reaction <laughs> I get from everybody. <laughs>
0: I so. figured. All right. Well, thanks Dan for thanks, everything. Craig. I wish that you didn't say this last part to discredit all the stuff you said before about being an expert about politics <laughs> with the VW bus comment. Uh, but now we'll fix it. We'll fix it in editing. Quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thank you to a bunch of people that just texted in. Uh, I mentioned this story earlier in the show before uh, Dan uh, Lloyd jumped in and, and uh, joined us for a bit there. Uh, a pilot was very upset with a joke that a guy made, and the guy was recording himself when he made the joke. He called himself a comedian, too, uh, but he asked the, the pilot if he'd been drinking before the guy uh, was flying the plane for them that that afternoon or whatever it was, and the pilot got very mad, as I said. I uh, said that a bunch of the people on board would now question whether or not he was a responsible professional, and eventually the comedian's like, see, life's crazy. I did get a text from a a listener uh, that said that... um uh, this is the first time that uh, this person disagrees with me, which is fine. I like that. And I asked people to text in their their reaction to that story. Uh, she said, some jokes are uh, inappropriate in certain situations. Suggesting an innocent airline pilot is drunk is one of those, similar to joking about a bomb at an airport. Having said that, you are correct. We are losing our sense of humor. Your example, however, terrible. <laughs> Not my example. And I did say that I wouldn't have made the joke uh, myself. Uh, But I, I hope we're still friends. I love how that was signed off at the end there. Totally still friends. Absolutely respect. Uh, the reaction you have to the story, and then also offering to buy the first round at the VFW in Peoria Heights if we ever bump into each other there. Uh, but I do think that there's a lot of people that wouldn't have taken it seriously, and so the pilot might have been worried for no reason. But again, I probably wouldn't make a joke like that uh, to somebody that I'm boarding a plane for. I don't know. Uh, some other things out there that I like as far as other text messages I got, a bunch of reactions to the Mobile. Uh, which Dan and I just mentioned a second ago. Uh, Troy, uh, who always says aloha because uh, he's not from this area, uh, told me that he's been inside the Wienermobile before, and it was a fun, fun time he had. Uh, I love uh, that text. Uh, also, I got a text from someone saying that they saw the Wienermobile on the highway as well or in Pekin, uh, getting a car wash. A bunch of people that have had a bunch of sightings. I've never seen it. I and mean, then actually one other thing, and I'm just going to mention this now, and then I'll, I'll move on to some other stuff. But we're going to talk to a listener that reached out to me via text just after four o'clock. His name is Stan. He has a story about 1936 in Peoria on July 15th. I think he said specifically, which is the hottest day ever recorded. Um, I know it's hot. I know a lot of people are probably having conversations with you about global warming because of how hot it is and how hot it's been the last few days and how ridiculously hot it's going to be tomorrow. So because of that, I just got curious. I was like, hey, have we seen this before? Do we have any recordings of this? Uh, heat index, we didn't start recording to 48, which I was talking about earlier. So the highest heat index we ever had was 119 on July 13, 1995. Uh, we've broken that, I think. I think the heat index got up to 121 today. But actually, like, legitimate temperature, hottest ever, 113 degrees, July 15, 1936, after a heat wave there were several of the other records were set the days before the 15th, and, and Stan uh, gave me a call on the phone number I throw out all the time and told me he'd love to jump on the show and give me a heatwave story from 37. I'm very excited about that, Stan, so I'm going to have you on just after 4 o'clock uh, to hear anything and everything you know, uh, whether it's a story that got passed down from family member to family. I don't know what it's going to be, so I'm very excited about that, uh, and I hope it's all true, uh, by the way. You'll be sworn in. Uh, before I put you on the air, uh, do do swear to tell the whole truth. No, I'm kidding. Um, all right. Let me play this. Uh, this is audio of a dad hilariously, according to the Internet, misunderstanding his toddler daughter. I do kind of like this. The kid is asking for Winnie the Pooh. She wants a book specifically to be read to her. That book is Winnie the Pooh. That's not what Pop is hearing her say. So he has a different reaction.
5: We need to
0: poo. No,
1: we don't need to poo.
0: <laughs> well. We don't. I'm good. You're good. <laughs>
4: We need to poo.
0: (laughs) I love how childish we can all be, like the adult humans can be, because it definitely sounds like she's saying we collectively need to poo. Uh, She does seem to know that.
2: We need to poo. No, we don't don't need to poo. (laughs) We're
0: good. I think it's fine. (laughs) I don't know why (laughs) you're laughing, Dad. (laughs) I'd just like to hear this Winnie the Pooh book. (laughs) He's got it. He's lost. That went viral on social media. Uh, it reminded me of something, and I feel like I shouldn't tell this story on the radio, and yet I'm here. I'm going to do it. I won't tell you who it was. That's uh, I'll protect uh, the innocent. Invo- I'll change names. I'll do whatever I need to do. I had a family member have a family member who had an unfortunate nickname for a little while as a kid because everyone mispronounced the actual name. Uh, instead of the actual name, uh, people said... Uh, urine, uh, which means, of course, <laughs> urine. Um, and so this made the person in, in my family very mad. Um, and, um, to me, at a point when you get older and you find out about it, it was funny again. It was juvenile funny, like this dad thought it was funny. And I remember I, I dropped it like once or twice. Uh, in some sort of conversation and they did not go well after that point but it's just like a cute kid mispronouncing thing and then it runs with adults and it becomes a whole thing uh, and so i've i've told the story i've changed the names to protect the innocent kind of sort of i probably have not done a good enough job there uh, but i just i kept thinking of that as i saw this and this kid's going to be viral and when they grow up, they're going to uh, be reminded of the We Need to Poo video. <laughs> that's uh, I, Yes, I do find it this funny. Um, all right. One other thing that I want to play as far as audio stuff, and then maybe we'll talk about some other silly stuff. And then we'll take a break and we'll get to a uh, listener, Stan, who has a story about the heat wave in 1936 that set the temperature for the hottest day ever uh, in Peoria in our area. Uh, but this is kind of crazy as far as audio goes, too. Uh, This woman said she was driving her car in Texas and she's driving to a friend's house when someone randomly threw a five foot long hunting spear through the windshield of her car. Talk about, like, if you had this moment happen to you, I don't I don't even know where you'd be at for. I don't think I'd go to my friend's house. I think I would be turning around and going home. They're throwing spears. Uh, But here is the person talking about the experience after the fact. Police have not found the person who threw the spear. Uh, but she was not injured in the attack either.
1: It was a pretty scary event. I was not expecting that. It came in right here. So the spear handle was probably sticking about out about that much it was not you know
3: road rage or anything this was unprovoked uh and just completely random i think they're trying to intentionally hurt somebody i'm just thankful to be alive because i mean i have i have kids
1: yes
0: yes you're thankful to be alive. a hunting spear of all like that's that's insane Uh, by the way my mom is texting me i have to give the full name of the person for the story in my family i don't have to say who they are in my family but the person's name was lauren and kids would mispronounce it urine and then i did that as a teenager and i got in trouble for doing it as a teenager but thanks mom for giving me the all clear it's now your fault if somebody gets mad uh, but back to the hunting spear story again i would turn around and go home for the day i would also thank god that i'm alive uh, but i would i would not want to be in the area anytime in the near future or probably ever again uh, but that person is okay and seemed to almost enjoy it by the time news is asking her about it i wonder if that's true for you i wonder if something ridiculous happened and you survived like you're fine Even if the car is damaged, I think insurance pays for hunting spears. If you eventually would find the humor in it, especially at the point when you're being interviewed uh, by some local news affiliate and being like, look, this is the giant hole that's still in my car. I'm not even going to get it removed. I'm just going to keep it for a while. I don't know. All right. Another story I saw out there, uh, just quickly uh, firing off some other lighter, more fun stuff before we get back into the more serious and also talk about a heat wave in the 1930s in Peoria. Um, This is something that's interesting to me. A brand new poll asked a question. And don't shoot the messenger on this. Don't get mad at me for saying these words on the radio in 2023. Uh, But the the question was, is it still true, the old saying, bros before hoes? And that that seems mean. That seems offensive. Uh, That's something that people said before. I know by 2023 standards or millennial slash Gen Z standards, I've probably already canceled myself. Uh, But our uh, guys? still putting friends above ladies in their life? And the answer is no, not even close. Uh, most men, according to dating.com, which does seem like they might have juiced the numbers here, 71% actually feel as though there's little to no impact if you choose hanging out with a woman, uh, choose hanging out with a significant other, instead of hanging out with your buddies. Uh, I, I will always remember my friend that wound up dating a lot in high school, uh, a few of us wound up with a girlfriend or two. My friend David, I uh, wound up with a lot of very short-term uh, relationships. He'd fall in love hard uh, too, but he was one of those guys. Like he'd tell us all that this was the one. We're like, Dave, you're 16, man. I don't think you found the one yet. Um, but he, we would just, he'd vanish. He'd be gone, and then like three weeks or a month would go by. They'd break up, and he'd pop back up in the friendship group. And I just, I always remember, like none of us cared. Uh, none of us really got all that upset because. You know, we we understood, and um, he he was more interested in eventually finding uh, Mrs. Uh, David, and I, I think he did eventually find her. Actually, I'm pretty sure via Facebook. I know about that. The things have finally worked out for the guy. And man, he would he was the I, I hate saying it this way, and he's not going to be happy I say it this way. But he was a guy that like you wouldn't even understand how quickly he went from I'm dating this girl to this person's the love of my life. Whenever I'm I'm sorry, Dave. I know it's mean, and and I don't know where that came from. I don't know what it was. His favorite TV show was Smallville, uh, which is a somewhat romantic comedy Superman show. So that might be a telling part of it. Um But yes, he he would often just disappear from the friendship group for a while. And even back then, we didn't care. I don't think it's ever really been bros before uh women. I, I don't think that's been a thing. I think most guys uh, usually are accepting of the opposite there. But 71% now say that. Tell me I'm wrong. 309-340-4464. Uh, 309-340-4464, the number to text. Uh, maybe I'm showing just how whipped I am, uh, which people joke about and I don't care about. It's fine. Uh, the wife is nice. Uh, the missus is great. Uh, she was invited to my bachelor party. If you want to know the full understanding, she didn't go, which is probably for the better. Uh, but the the wife was invited. I was like, you can come if you want to. And she said, that's probably not my scene. That's probably not my, my. – and she had her own thing, I think, that happened that night, which is probably a much better decision. Uh, but all right, uh, we'll take a break. A lot more coming up on the show. I do absolutely want to keep talking about uh, the biggest stories of the day. Uh, But before I do any of that, I'm very excited about this. Uh, A listener reached reached out to me on social media and said they have a story about the heat wave in the 1930s, which I hope is true. And I'm trusting Stan, uh, a listener that I've never interacted with before. So he's going to call in, be a part of the show, and tell me what his 1936 uh, heat wave in Peoria story is, uh, because that's the dates when we set the... 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins show. Uh, My next guest is a listener that texted me uh, in the last hour or so. His name is Stan. I was talking about how uh, we've seen bad weather before in Peoria in the area, hot weather, uh, I should say. And I was curious, like, just how significant. Uh, back in the 90s, we saw some of the records in the world of previous heat index temperatures, 119, 117, uh, actually in the 80s, too. But back in the 30s, before we did a heat index, when we only took a legitimate temperature, it got up to 113 degrees, the actual temperature, on July 15, 1936, Stan says... He knows about this very well because of a long-passed-down family story. Stan, thanks for calling in and being a part of the show.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, that, that day, July 15th of thirty-six was my mother's 14th birthday. Wow. And she, she grew up on a farm. She always told us about that day. Anyway, uh, in fact, several of the days leading up to that eh, still holds the records for Peoria yeah, for hot temperatures. They do. But anyway, that, that day, for some reason, my grandpa decided to make hay, and he had a hired man, and the poor guy had a heat stroke and died out in the field that day. Wow.
0: Okay. So your mother's birthday, 14th birthday, uh, living on a farm. They have a guy that gets hired there, and he passes away. And this is a story that you heard about. How did how did your uh, mom used to tell this story? How did it come up uh, whenever you talk well, about
2: it? Well, well, basically, about every year on her birthday, she'd tell about
0: it. <laughs> and it was very, very hot uh, for one of her birthdays. Did, yeah. Did you they? Know, and, and, Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, did they talk about what caused it back in the 30s? Did she ever have any sort of assumption that something was going on? I, I know yeah, climate yeah. change wouldn't have come yeah. up. What it, was it? it? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. It was, it was July. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was the summer. It was Peoria. Um, what else were you yeah, going
2: to say? July, July and Peoria. In, uh, in 1988, my wife's uh, cousin got married over at Eureka on June 25th, and it was 105 that day, and I think that's been the hottest temperature an actual air temperature. Wow! And she got married. She got married in a church with no air conditioning. <laughs> and everybody survived, and, of course. I, well, I well, yeah, but the wedding Good. lasted about ten minutes, and then we headed to the, to the fellowship hall for a for a reception in the cool air. Sure,
0: that makes sense. Um, let me ask you another thing. You were talking to me off the air a little bit. Uh, what do you think? You're a farmer too, right?
2: Yes. What do you I, think? Uh, this is my 41st year.
0: What do you think about the conversations about climate change when they're surrounding weather like we're having the
2: last few days? Well, I'll I'll tell you what, uh, climate change, just the one word definition for it, it's weather. (laughs) Uh, For you. Climate change is probably the biggest wealth transfer scam the world has ever known. Sure,
0: I understand uh, what you're um, – so I've said that I believe climate change is real. I don't think the um, uh, the U.S. government is the right people to handle it and that without other countries doing things, it wouldn't matter anyway. Uh, but I understand your point, and I know that there's a lot of research out there that says these sort of fluctuations in temperature are also normal. We've seen them before, as is evidenced oh, yeah. by the this 30s.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and um, I, I sold John Deere equipment for 32 years besides farming. And, uh, and John Deere was one of the leaders in coming up with, uh, environmentally friendly exhaust coming out of the engines. hmm. Or, or they're using the diesel exhaust fluid that's called DEF and so on to try to clean up the air. Gotcha. And, and they cleaned, they clean up the air by a factor of about 50. But it, in fact, they claimed that you can actually breathe the air coming out of the exhaust pipe. <laughs> Did but you ever then, try it? it? It's, it's, no. <laughs> okay. Good. That's a good, smart man, Sam. <laughs> it's, it's, it's cleaner. It's cleaner than the air in downtown Los Angeles. Well, there you go. Uh, well, thank you for calling in and let me know about all this, man. Yeah, but anyway, they, they uh, you know, and so you, the U.S. is taking the lead on all this, and sure. it's costing millions and millions and billions yes, of is. dollars. And China, China, Russia, and India are doing absolutely nothing. They don't care,
0: and they'll actually continue it to increase care. output if uh, we decrease it in all certain right. ways. So it it won't really matter. Uh, but thank you so much for calling in, man. OK. Yep. Thank you. Right, talk to you later. That is Stan, whose mother was born on July 15th and her 14th birthday was in 1936 when the temperature was 113 degrees. The actual temperature, as far as the recording goes, the record setting day. Terrible that uh, a part of that story is that uh, somebody passed away working on a farm. And actually, it, it did remind me to say this um, for anybody that's outside working. As a farmer or in any capacity, uh, do everything you can to be safe. Uh, Stay hydrated. uh, Go indoors if you feel like it's, you know, getting too hot for you. Uh, Tomorrow is going to be very hot. It's going to be the hottest day I can think of uh, in town here in the few years that I've been here. 101 degrees is the uh, reported temperature. Heat index is going to be very hot. And I know that I think some places are reporting that the heat index got to 121 today, uh, which is technically a heat index record uh, for Peoria. The highest previous record was 119, and that was set in 1995. But we weren't taking the heat index back in the 30s. That didn't start till 48. But thanks again for saying I really enjoyed that. And please, anybody else with stories handed down from family members about the, the hot summer of 1936, uh, call in or text into the show 309-340-4464 is my number to text me, 309-340-4464. Uh, one thing I want to play... Uh, shifting gears a lot here, is Oliver Anthony, uh, who is a name that's been more and more all over the place over the last couple weeks. Uh, he had a song that went all the way up to number one, uh, The Richmond, North of Richmond, uh, I think is the name of that song. I don't have it in front of me, though. Um, and now also this new song that he dropped that he put out just on his own. And here's the reason I want to play any of this. Uh, the sentiment is a little bit similar, a little bit different as far as the song goes. I don't know if it'll reach the same level of of popularity as his, his last song did. The song is called I Want to Go Home. But the thing I like about Oliver Anthony a lot is that he's rejected a bunch of deals from um, music executives now, from industry people. He said somebody offered him like $8 million, and he said no. Uh, the reason why he said no is he just wants to make music. He just wants to put it out there for the world. I assume he can make money off of it somehow on his own. I don't even know if he's trying to do that. Uh, But it's really interesting that someone is taking over the country music charts or a bunch of music charts, singing about things, especially with the uh, rich men north of Richmond, which is talking about the guys in D.C. and how much money they make and how everybody else doesn't have any money. Um, He's talking to people who don't feel like a lot of music today is written to them. And so for that reason, it seems to be wildly popular. I know other people uh, accuse it of being far right, which is weird. By the way, before I know I'm I'm building this up before I play it. That is weird. Uh, Just think about that for a second. This guy was singing about how he dislikes the greed that exists in Washington, in D.C., something that almost everyone who's not in D.C. working in politics agrees (laughs) exists. Uh, Most people. Uh, think that Washington, D.C. is out of touch with what the American people want. And yet this this uh, singer and a bunch of the things he's putting out on social media are being shaped as being far right off to a certain side because you're hearing about them more in conservative circles or in conservative media than you're hearing about them in mainstream, which is weird, too, that it's being silenced other places. Because uh, if you ask the guy, Oliver Anthony, he says he's not politically right or left. And you might think he's wrong in saying that, but he says he's in the middle and he doesn't like a bunch of, uh, what's going on and what he feels. And I think that's what this newest song is kind of about. So I want to play a little bit of it. But again, the thing I'm most fascinated about, uh, as far as this guy is concerned, is that he's having an impact in the music world and he's doing it without any sort of connection to anyone. No famous person shared anything of his for it to start uh, going viral the way it did. Uh, and even more so than that, He's not jumping at the opportunity to be bought and sold by somebody uh, now that uh, checks and uh, big, giant, ridiculous uh, money offers are coming in. But here's the newest song from Oliver Anthony, uh, who is being celebrated by a lot of people for being someone willing to sing about stuff that a lot of individuals don't sing about anywhere near as much. I want to go home. I
3: want to go home. I don't. so long I just know I didn't used to wake this way Cursing myself every damn day. people have a gone way.
0: all right because of uh, legal reasons I can't play any more of that song and I was gonna fade it out but I'm just gonna hard stop it right at the amount of time that I'm allowed to play it but this is the latest song uh, from Oliver Anthony talking about how uh, people are, are screwed up are, are um you know, uh, the the values that we have or the things that, that people uh, focus on are probably not the things they're supposed to be. And, of course, it goes into some other places, too. Uh, some people were calling the song Brink of War because uh, he says that at the beginning of the song that we're close to World War III, and yet some of the stuff we talk about is, is totally different than what it should be. Um, but the actual song is called I Want to Go Home. All right, quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's The Craig Collins Show. 1470... 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, Drop It Like It's Hot is probably a valuable uh, bump song for how hot it is outside. Uh, stay safe. We just had somebody call in uh, that also said that if you have friends, family members uh, that work outside or you know are going to be outside, for whatever reason, you should check on them. Uh, send them a text, give them a call, or if you can, physically check on people uh, to make sure people are okay. Uh, thank you for that, listener, for doing that. Uh, but it is, over the next few days, the excessive heat warning, in effect, a, a time where you got to be extra cautious and make sure you're well hydrated if you're going to be outside for a while. Um, other things out there to talk about, just quickly, and we're going to get to the news in about eight minutes. We'll talk about some uh, more serious stuff uh, at some point after that, too. But I saw this. Burger King had a sign up that said, now hiring closers. Uh, and then apparently at some point, the C fell off. So the sign, which went viral, uh, now says, now hiring losers to this Burger King uh, in Pennsylvania, western Pennsylvania, in Elwood, uh, it looks like, city. Um, that's probably not going to work out. Up to $14 an hour, though. For losers, uh, lots of people amused by this. They assume uh, since the photo went viral uh, that probably the Burger King has now fixed it. Uh, that's, that's unlucky. And You can actually see the C. The What's funny is um, because it fell just down and not totally off of the sign, it actually seems to almost cover up perfectly with the U in up, up to $14 an hour. So it just looks like you got two U's stacked on each other instead of just, instead of just one. And you got now hiring losers uh, just sitting right there for anyone. It wouldn't feel great to be at that job uh, that day. Uh, another thing out there uh, that I thought was kind of odd and interesting. Uh, there's a question being asked on social media about whether or not this is the worst prize ever given out for sweepstakes. Coffee Mate is launching a sweepstakes, uh, I think it starts tomorrow, uh, where they're giving away peanut butter and jelly-flavored coffee creamer. Uh, the jelly is strawberry, if that makes you any more interested in it. It's limited edition. Uh, they're giving away 116-ounce bottles randomly uh, to people at pbjduo.com. Uh, but most people are like, I don't want to win. Uh, peanut butter and jelly-flavored coffee creamer. It sounds not great. Uh, is that the worst prize ever given out? Uh, you know what this story made me think of, just quickly? Uh, in radio, for a very long time, especially when I was on the other side of the glass producing for people, you would do giveaways. And people call in as soon as you say you're giving something away. And I'm not giving anything away right now, so people don't I need to call in. And usually, I think the people use the thing they win, but there were a lot of times where they didn't. Where people be like, what did I win after doing the whole game, doing the whole competition? And you'd ask them, why did why did you call in for this? I'm like I don't know, I want free stuff. But they wouldn't show up to things. As a producer, I wound up benefiting from that because whenever we had a prize that had a you know um, end date on it, had an expiration date, if nobody redeemed it, if nobody ever came by, a lot of the times the radio station just let me use it, let me go uh, use the ticket to go to the show or whatever it was. And that I always was amused by that. And I'm still amused by that, and I think it still happens, where people want to win a prize more than they want to know what the prize is they want to win. And I'm not saying I'm above it. I probably would do it too. I like free stuff. I don't want uh, PB and J, coffee creamer, but I like free things. Uh, But it's just sort of, it's sort of awesome. And so if you are someone. Who likes winning prizes and calling into radio stations, and then depending on what it is, not picking it up? I just know you're probably helping some radio producer uh, somewhere out there in the world go to things they can't afford, as radio doesn't have a whole lot of money in it. So you're, you're doing nice work. You're, you're being very kind. I got to take to, take my wife to some some fancier things. We sat um, uh, rinkside at a Blackhawk game. That was supposed to be a prize for a winner, uh, a listener. They never claimed it. I told the radio station, they're like, you know what, go ahead and take it, you and Betty. And so we were sitting right there. First, It was awesome. I think hockey, not that it's my favorite sport. Baseball is my favorite sport. I've talked about that a lot. And even though the Yankees are terrible and have lost nine games in a row, still my favorite team, not abandoning ship. I'd like to see everybody get fired. I think hockey is the most fun to watch in the first, not that I've seen a lot of other stuff in the first row, but it's just because, like, they crash up against the boards and you're right there. I don't know if it'd be fun to have, like, an NBA player dive into the stands and fall on top of you, but it was exhilarating every time they would do a check in the area where Betty and I were. It, that was a lot of fun. So I highly recommend if you're ever going to splurge and spend a whole or win a radio contest and then actually show up to the thing, um, you should probably go hockey, even just here locally. I'm sure it's great to be first row for that. All right, some other things out there. Uh, I saw this. A teen Fisher uh, man uh, caught a wallet. <laughs> I don't know why I like this story so much. W-D-A-Y in Fargo, North Dakota, I'm sure they're on your side, um, had the story. The kid's 14. His name's Connor. He was fishing in a family lake, uh, and then a large body of water, I guess, um, is is kind of the area where he was at. He's fishing near his family's lake house, I should say. <laughs> he doesn't own the lake. And he thought it was a fish, and he got pretty excited. Uh, catching a fish is harder than you think. Uh, That's what I'm going to say anyway. Uh, But it was a wallet. And the wallet had $2,000 in it. And Connor still got it back to the rightful owner. There was an ID and other stuff so they could figure out where the person lived 70 miles away from where they caught the wallet. Uh, business cards and other things in there too. So they tracked the person down. Uh, the guy who lost the wallet, a farmer who had, of course, gone fishing himself. And so he even gave uh, the teen a-, a reward. I don't see the dollar amount listed here for that. Uh, but I love the fact that the you know the positive on this is you catch a wallet in the water and you still return it to the rightful owner. And I've done this question before on the radio. Uh, I can do it again. Are you someone that returns things to other people if you find them in certain situations? If you find something on the ground, even like a $20 bill, do you look for people that might have dropped it or do you keep it? Uh, It's the trust tree moment. It's the time to be honest. 309-340-4464. 309-340-4464. One of my favorite ones for me is we were at Nordstrom's in Chicago, uh, which is a giant mall. Um, That's not the only store inside the mall. Fancy store. And somebody bought this like ridiculous watch and then left it on a bench. And Betty and I went to go sit down on this bench, and I, I noticed this really fancy watch. And there was no one around us, I promise. Nobody around. And no, this story is not going to wind up with Catholic Craig stealing a thing. So I go into the Nordstrom's, where I can tell the thing's purchased from. I'm holding the bag, holding the watch, and I'm looking to give it to an employee. So I'm actually walking toward a register. And the dude comes running up behind me and starts yelling at me, That's my watch! It's my watch! Like I was stealing it. And I was like, "I okay, I, I was just trying to give it to the... And like he was going crazy and Betty started kind of like laughing, also uh, sort of a little intimidated because the dude was just hundred percent sure that the way that I was trying to steal his watch off the bench was by walking it back into the store. The bench was not inside the Nordstroms. So I walked it back into the store, was walking toward a counter and he's like, this this genius. He's stealing it the way no one would think of. But he was very mad and he left the watch on the on the thing and then actually I remember talking to Betty as we were riding home and not that she wanted me to do it. But she did make a joke about how it wouldn't have been so bad if no one claimed the watch and we wound up getting to keep it because it did look very, very fancy. So that, that's a true story. Uh, and I, I returned a thing. I felt good about it. Um, I probably shouldn't brag about that on the radio. That seems wrong. Uh, but this teen, I think, did an even better one because I think if I caught a wallet like in the, in the lake, that would feel as close to being mine as possible. I, pro- I guess if you can still figure out whose it is, you'd probably try to return it. But still, like, while in a lake, that feels like that's been gone for a bit. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. it's the Craig Collins Show. My next guest is my wife, Betty, uh, who is uh, doing a word of a day like she does every single day or a lot of days on the show, uh, teaching us Spanish one word at a time. Also, I wind up throwing some random topics at you. Uh, what did you say just before I hit the uh, sound to us <laughs> back to the show?
5: Happy birthday to Dan. It's, it's, a, to, it's Dan tomorrow. Official yeah, yeah. producer, birthday. friend
0: of the show, uh, jumping on with me on Wednesdays now. Yes, he and is Craig, celebrating for his birthday
5: tomorrow. So much to talk about it. <laughs> I haven't talked to you in a long time I know. on the radio. You've been
0: ducking the show. Uh, yes. Well, we had no, a, no,
5: no, 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 okay. no. Don't blame me. You right. were on vacation. And, and then we like, had
0: a big breaking story yesterday.
5: Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I came in and every, everybody seemed concerned about mm-hmm. the sky and yeah, like smoke. all the fire around the. Yeah.
0: The, uh-huh, the so I was bridge. like,
5: okay, I should get out of here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just left. Yes, you just, and I you just went left. to uh, the the uh, workout. You went to go to the I gym I went to the rear yeah.
5: plexus. Yes. Okay. And
0: how was that workout yesterday?
5: It, it worked great. Okay. Um, my whole body, uh, uh, my whole body usually hurts after the class because mm-hmm. it's a lot of stretching and like kind like of outside yoga class. Yeah. It called body balance. Mm-hmm. Literally, you gotta like, uh balance your body the whole hour that you are in there
0: you were showing me this uh during lunch today yes. like some of the moves and by the way you're now promoting it at the riverplex who's the, what's the teacher's <laughs> name uh i don't i don't know her okay. name all right uh, we got to get to know that name cuz yes. you like that class a lot and you feel like it's making you, um, it's giving you more balance.
5: Yes, it, okay. yes, actually, I'm getting more flexible. I'm like a rock. Like I, I don't, <laughs>
0: I, I love better, that You just describe yourself that way.
5: <laughs> I don't, I don't move much. Uh-huh. Like I'm, I'm not a stretchy person. I'm not, not like a a flexible. Person. No,
0: uh-huh. no, no. Right. And, uh, but yeah. now it's helping you out a lot. By the way, me. when most people in the United States say that they're a rock, they mean they're like really in yes, shape. Yes, I was really like, what did I, what did I just say? You meant that you, you're you um, no, not, not fast like moving the rock, person. No, no, I
5: Rock, the actor. I wish like that. Like that. <laughs> no, I don't.
0: <laughs> I, I'm glad you don't look like The Rock. Um, yeah, no, uh, you're not the fastest is what you were trying to say, right? No,
5: flexible. Let's okay. call it flexible. Right, gotcha. I'm not like right. very good, a flexible I think person.
0: you're flexi- more flexible than I am. Anyway, we're going to move on. I'm going to talk about other stuff. I, I have a couple stories that I wanted to throw at you. One is from Mexico. So, And I should show you this video. There's no audio that's really valuable with it. So uh, a mom went viral from Mexico because I guess they had a hurricane recently somewhere in the area. Um, And she ran outside during the the hurricane to clean off a lot of her her patio, Uh, a lot of the outside. She was sweeping it, uh, putting some water on it even though it's raining and and stuff's going crazy. And then she was even like throwing bleach on some of her her furniture that's sitting outside just to try to keep it clean. Yes. Uh, well, the hurricane was going through. Uh, people said she's crazy, but also this is not uncommon in Mexico. Did people ever clean stuff while there was uh, hurricanes and stuff but happening?
5: when you were telling me about uh, the listener who called you, uh-huh. what is his name again? Stan. Stan.
0: Yeah.
5: Uh, then you guys were talking about global warming or
0: well, weather. how hot it was and back in the
5: 30s. Exactly. Well, my dad say the same thing as Stan. It's the weather. Sometimes after just weather. 10 years or 20 gotcha. years. Like the, uh, open down, down of the weather, it's just uh, uncontrollable. Just un- yes, exactly. So I remember when I was eight or nine, we had like a floor in my town and we live, like in a very dry, dry area. Yeah. And I remember like my mom literally was like cleaning all the patio <laughs> from all the trash <laughs> wow, around. That's awesome. And like, uh, and we were kind of like on the, on the puddles, like, uh, splashing, like mm-hmm. we never, uh. You
0: weren't scared at all. Not a no, little bit, no. and your dad's a farmer, by the way. Yes, so uh, much yes. like Stan, who called in earlier in the show, yep. his feelings on global warming yes. are very similar uh, to a lot of farmers' feelings. On global, you think global warming is real? Sometimes, yeah. It's just, just the, it's
5: just like the contrast. Sometimes for mm-hmm. one day to another, like kind of yeah. like. Like right right now, like yeah. it feels super hot. Like if it feels like Mexico right now. Sure, and, it's very
0: it's toasty even in this world. And we room. are
5: very close to.
0: Mm-hmm. I have the, the air conditioning uh, really highly turned up, uh, very highly turned up, and yeah. it's not it's not going the way it's I not. want it to go. It's toastier in here than I want it to be. Uh, but yeah, who knows? There There's. uh potential other causes for temperatures to fluctuate. And there, there's history that Fluctured, demonstrates yes. that it fluctuates a lot. Yes. So maybe we are not as accurate as we think we are as to the to reasons why uh, temperatures. But I do think like the global temperature is rising. We can, you know, uh, follow that. But again, as I've said before in the show, and I'll just move on from that, don't want it to be a big argument with anybody uh, listening. Um, uh, I don't think the United States government are the right people to fix that thing, and I think that they'd be acting alone compared to anybody else. And again, I don't even really totally know uh, what's causing some of the stuff we see. And I think some experts you might hear admit that. you about artificial rain? Yeah, I've heard of, yeah, you guys are doing that in Mexico. Yes. Yeah, you're yes, firing stuff up into reason. the air, yep. trying to make the clouds heavy yep. so that eventually they rain. Yes. How is How much work, has well, that worked and out? And, and,
5: I'm not an engineer, in, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but that's just amazing to me. The that thing they can that try I can. to do that? Yes.
0: Yeah. There's not a lot of good science that says it works well, but I know they're <laughs> trying, they trying Yeah, They are trying. Somebody has to there. try. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's got to try <laughs> something, <laughs> I guess. Somebody has to try, yeah. uh, The other story I have for you is, and I got a little bit of audio to this one. This is a dollar store. And you very much like the yes, dollar store. Yes, I, I
5: do like You're the dollar store. You're
0: of, a fan of… We are
5: promoting a lot of businesses, now.
0: <Marina. laughs> yeah, that aren't paying for it. Uh, <laughs> you, you love thrift stores. You love uh, shopping and taking a long time to find a sweet, sweet deal. And you also love dollar stores. Um, I wanted to play this. This went viral on social media. I guess there was a dollar store recently that was open and a bunch of customers were in it. No workers. No one could see any workers anywhere. So one of the customers figured out how to log into the register and just started bringing up customers. So this is a customer, not a worker, ringing up other people, and then someone took a video of it.
3: In a Dollar Tree, and there is absolutely no workers here, none. The whole store is open. No workers, and then you have a customer that has figured out how to get into the register, and a customer is actually ringing ringing customers up. Yep, that's a thing that really Aww.
0: happened and she was kinda happy about it.
5: Yeah. I feel like
0: you're the kind of person that might do this.
5: I would do it. I yes. thought okay. I, I thought would you would it.
0: admit that. Uh, yeah. you've thro- jumped behind the bar at the VFW before. Yes,
5: I, I. when whenever the girls are busy or I mean <laughs> I mean, I mean I, not all the time, right. but when, when I see like customers waiting like, hey, I what is what is the their bartender or whatever. You can help out. I, yeah, I try, yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, know. You've much. also
0: jumped behind the counter at Cultured Grounds, the coffee place we oh, go yes, to across I, the street. I did that. Uh, Betty yeah. just helps out with yes. a lot of. Usually, people that know us well enough to not. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't do it first trip. So I feel like the dollar store would have to be your regular dollar store. Yeah. And all of a sudden you yeah. start working. And I,
5: yeah. I should know. Yeah, the the main person help. I mean, working in there that I can.
0: Yeah. So you can you can out. excuse yourself when they yes. pop in and be like, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to help a little bit. Yes. All right. Uh, before I let you go, Betty, uh, what is the Spanish word? The, and by the way, we have a request for a Spanish word of the day. All right. But you can give us whatever you plan for first. Well,
5: I didn't plan, so you just go for <laughs> it.
0: Okay. All right. Um, um, uh, here is the, the last the few word suggestions. They said they're all uh, political things. So election interference, heat wave, air conditioner. These are some examples for you, Betty. Debate, which is tonight. Which one do you want to go to?
5: Aire acondicionado.
0: Air acondicionado. <laughs> Aire acondicionado. Aire acondicionado. That is an air conditioner. Aire. 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 Oh, no. Why Why is this happening? I, aire. <laughs> you can do it, Craig. Okay. All right. One more try, and then we're not going to annoy the listeners anymore. Yeah, no. Aire. Aire. Acondicionado. Acondicionado. Yay. I, I nailed it. Perfect. <laughs> no, I <it'll> don't think <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, think you you're being it. nice You do right. well. Uh, that's Betty's word of the day. You teach us Spanish one word at a time while we'll hanging out and jumping on the show. And thank you for being here you're the the biggest um, people run thank up to you, you for
5: yeah for the listeners to be so kind to me when I uh, encounter some of them on the street or where, it's been like a, a a few times and I'm just like overwhelmed and grateful for for all the people who are like in this segment yes. thank you so much
0: did you hear me this morning? On, on the Greg and Dan oh, show, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. I describe myself as, as yeah. Mr. Benny. <laughs> yes. All right, good. Thought yeah. that'd make you happy. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. A lot more to bit 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Greg Collins show. 1470 100.3 WMED. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, Thanks for being with us. Lots of stuff, as I always say, or my wife says when she does her segment with me uh, to talk about. Um, Real quick, a couple political things, and then we'll do some uh, not political stuff. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Fox has been walking around and just asking people on the street what they think about uh, the current president's top priority. What is it? Um, what do you um, believe he's he's demonstrated it to be? How do you think he's doing in the world of his top priority? And I do think this audio is uniquely valuable because with the debate coming up tonight uh, and also uh, Trump sitting down with Tucker Carlson tonight as, as sort of uh, counter-programming, that'll be on Twitter or X. Uh, you'll be able to watch that right at the same time as the debate. Uh, this is probably the best thing for anybody to focus on, not attacking each other as much, and I know they'll definitely do that. They sort of have to do that, Uh, but attacking the easy target, the easiest target, uh, which is our current president. Here's what people in the street were saying about uh, the president's top priority and then a bunch of other things, and I do think this audio, again, is interesting.
2: Top priority is himself and his family. He don't care about the American people.
1: Himself,
0: Ukraine,
1: children, families, and education.
3: Breathing.
0: I don't (laughs) know what his priority is. Breathing. I guess that speaks volumes,
4: doesn't
3: it? Probably be the economy. Keeping his kid out of jail. (laughs) I don't even know his priority, so he, so I get his name is Sleepy Joe because he doesn't do anything. I don't like that's how I know because I don't know what he's like his priorities are. Like from what I've known, he's. He's tried to do the Ukraine thing.
1: I think his number one priority was trying to um, get rid of student loans. And he honestly felt at that cause the Supreme Court definitely yeah. was, like booted him down. Yeah,
0: they shot that down. Uh, that did happen. And I have a student loan, and uh, I would have liked for it to go away. But I understand how unfair it was. And so I think the right decision was made when they didn't go away. But that's it because that's young people. That's um, all different ages, um, all different races. Uh, and a lot of people saying they don't know. Uh, what biden's top priority is or whatever it is a majority of them a couple nicer people in there but a majority say that it's not going well or that it's very self-serving and so that seems to be the the message that will effectively reach the most people whoever uh, uses it or you know um, provides it to the american people best is that biden is bad at his job uh, feels easier than this politician that i'm running against is bad for this reason or that reason it will be interesting to see how many shots are taken toward Trump by anyone on that stage. And I think the two people um, highest in the polls right now are two of the people that are nicest to the former president. Uh, that would be uh, Ron DeSantis, who's definitely fallen off a cliff as far as where he used to be, and then Vivek Ramaswamy who is someone that usually says nice things about and might be trying to be a vice president more so than anybody else, although there is an answer he gave to a question out there, I think it was with Bill Maher, saying he doesn't doesn't want to be a number two. One other thing I want to play, and and then we'll move on to a a sillier thing. But I I did think this was interesting. And actually, you know what? I have two pieces of audio that go together for this. Uh, This is a mayor in Madison, Wisconsin, Democrat, saying how ridiculous it is that people think that uh, things aren't going well, that the economy's not well, that maybe violence is a problem in a lot of parts of the country, especially bigger cities, because Democratic mayors are crushing it. That was her opinion, of course, as a
2: Democrat. Here we go. So I would suggest that anybody thinks that this country is in decline, come to cities. Because Democratic mayors all across the nation are creating great places where people want to be.
0: Great places where people want to be, where violence is an all-time high in a lot of these cities. And by the way, I just want to play this because I thought it was interesting and especially true of people who live in cities, uh, financially difficult to get by
2: more Americans are turning to loans to help pay for everyday expenses but a new survey from the federal reserve shows
0: more loan applications are being rejected by major financial institutions oh great so we're turning to loans and we're not getting them and things are she's making places uh, easier to live uh, uh you know perfect to live in uh easy to afford and obviously everything again very safe it is crazy to me and i know how funny i think this is i don't know if you think it's funny but it's crazy to me how often the lie in today's political world is just, it's so bad. It's so, the worst one I can ever, and someone correct me. I know I'm a millennial in my thirties, so I'm probably uh, showing my uh, naive, you know, young self, or whatever you describe me as, I wouldn't describe myself as young, and saying this. But trying to convince the American people that the economy and your life is bad, like the Bidenomics move, is the dumbest political thing i think i've ever seen in my life because you know what's going on for you 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 experience it you go to the grocery store and things are more expensive you're not tricked into thinking well they're saying it's better on tv like how dumb do some of these politicians think the american people are how many people genuinely right now are sitting at home saying, Yeah, life's way better than it used to be uh, just a few years ago? No one is saying that. Even if your own personal life, you've had some victories, some wins, some promotions or whatnot. Uh, you probably think to yourself sometimes, Man, I thought this would go further as I'm climbing whatever ladder I'm climbing, and it doesn't because things are, are you know, out of control uh, in a lot of ways. And I know inflation has come down a bit. Anyone yelling that at the radio, it's still terrible compared to wages. So it's absolutely true to say that your life is worse, not better uh, than it was just a couple of years ago. And it seems odd that so many politicians are trying to convince you of the opposite because they really don't respect your intelligence at all uh, in that. And, and honestly, that to me is what I think is the most egregious, most ridiculous political lie I can think of and how it's, it's becoming a message from a whole lot of Democrats all to say to just convince you that things are better than you think they are. Like, like truthfully, I know they lie a lot. I know they try to control what you think a lot. I know media uh, plays into that all the time. I know people would uh, be thinking that as I'm saying this on the radio. But do you remember a more ridiculous lie than telling you your life is good when people are turning to loans more than they did in the past and getting rejected for said loans just to cover everyday expenses? And by the way, that was CNBC who had that second report. It wasn't like I was trying to dive deep into a far uh, right-leaning place to tell you how bad things are financially. All right, one thing, I thought this was interesting. I'll throw it out there so the question is to you, the listener, and I can't get in trouble uh, for whatever my opinion might be on it. But a woman went viral on social media. She was inside, I think it was a CVS, and she found a card among a whole bunch of, like, birthday cards and things, and she got very mad about it. And I want to describe what the card is to you. And she, she said, this is something that shouldn't exist. Uh, should not be purchasable in a store and no one should be buying it. It says way to go, uh, but way is spelled W E I G H. And then you open the card up and it says your hard work really shows yay. And there's a picture of a scale. So it's a weight loss, uh, uh, card that somebody is selling somewhere at a CVS. And she says it's, it's offensive. You should never give it to anyone, even someone who's maybe, you know, dropped weight or is, is working on changing their, their body. And I thought that was so interesting. And so many people that reacted to this also said how terrible this is, how they'd be offended if someone randomly gave them a a card like this. Of course you would. I think that makes sense if you're not being vocal about uh, whatever you're doing in your life. And then you get somebody a card that says your hard work is paying off. And they're like, man, what are you talking about? Like, Of course I get that negative slant. But I've had friends... Including a broadcaster who 's done this show a bunch, Brian Noonan, who lost over a hundred pounds and talked about it a lot as a, as a professional and it was amazing and it would have been cool to give him something that said, "Man, way to go, way, like way to achieve uh, when people have birthdays, they expect birthday cards. I think we get cards for people who expect them a lot of the time, and if you have a friend who 's talking all all the time about losing weight or whatever it is they 're changing about themselves, getting them a card that appreciates that should not be as offensive as they're saying. But that's my opinion. You tell me I'm wrong. Anybody and everybody out there, uh, throw that at me. 309-340-4464. 309-340-4464. Being mad that some people would be proud of changes, any changes they make in their life because you don't want to make those changes, is a weird thing that exists in our society. It's it's almost as if you're trying to say, how dare you talk about this thing you're doing for yourself because it makes me feel like I should do something for me that I don't want to do uh, for me or I don't think uh, needs to be done for me. And no one's saying that. People are probably just saying that for them, this made sense and they're happy about it. But I digress. That's a, It went viral. I thought it was interesting. Uh, so I wanted to throw it out there to you, the listener. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. It is time for the top five at five. These are the five biggest news stories in reverse order. According to me, right now in this moment, we have an intro for it.
4: It's time for the top five at five on the Craig Collins Show. That's right.
0: If these are the only things you know today, you know enough things. I guess is another way I could say it. Uh, let's start with number five, as I said. And I, I think some of these are debate related. Uh, the Republican debate is tonight. Uh, Trump is not participating in that. He's actually talking to Tucker Carlson, and that'll be put up on Twitter uh, as a sort of counter-programming thing at almost exactly the same time. But the number five story is about uh, Doug Burgum, uh, a dude that you probably know very little, if anything, about. He's a very, you know, um, low uh, low chance, very outside shot, lottery winner type of attempt uh, to be the Republican nominee. Uh, but he is part of the debate. And he did hurt himself playing basketball, and he showed up on crutches. He will be debating, probably sitting down a uh, majority of the night tonight. But that was a, a story today uh, that popped up places and I thought was good enough for number 5. He tore an Achilles tendon while playing a pickup basketball game against Staffers. He is 67. Here's a little bit of that report of him walking in to um, um, the spin room on crutches.
3: All right, look at the spin room inside the serve Forum uh, there where you see Doug Burgum. And uh, there's the extent of his injuries. He is on crutches. He tweeted out not too long ago, he said, I played lots of pickup games of basketball in my day. This isn't the first time one has sent me to the ER. That's probably a thing you
0: should stop doing then at 67 years old if you're getting sent to the ER a lot with that. Uh, but I will say that if he does great tonight... It, it might be the flu game, uh the Jordan. No, I'm kidding. I don't think it would still be that. But he's playing hurt. He's going in injured. And uh, I don't know if anyone will uh, mention it or talk about it much. I imagine no one will take shots at him for it. Uh, but Doug Burgum is getting some attention. And this is probably the only way he would have got it, hurting himself and showing up on crutches. That's number five. Uh, number four-ish, maybe 5B, you could call it too. Uh, Tucker Carlson put out what he and Trump will be talking about, uh, took some shots at Cable News, or specifically, of course, it's Fox. Uh, But I thought it was interesting. Uh, As I said, he will be counter-programming with Trump in a one-on-one sit-down as the rest of the Republican nominees uh, are doing their debate. And Trump is so far ahead of everyone else that it's not really shocking, simply politically, uh, that he's choosing to skip out on this first debate. I imagine Trump will debate some people at some point, but it doesn't really seem valuable now. There was no win for him. Uh, in it, which is the biggest reason he's not doing it, uh, even if people think it's you know bad or not uh, whatever. And I know DeSantis and others will say that it's it's entitled. Uh, he's winning by enough that it it also seems like like the right political move. But here's Tucker.
3: On Sunday, Donald Trump announced that he will not participate in tonight's Republican candidates debate hosted by Fox News in Milwaukee. Whatever you think of Trump, he is, as of tonight, the indisputable far-and-away frontrunner in the Republican race. We think voters have an interest in hearing what he thinks. So when Trump approached us about having a conversation for a far larger audience than he'd receive on cable <laughs> news, Ouch. we happily accepted. That interview will air tonight in this space at 8.55. We hope you'll watch.
0: So in this space is the big announcement part, too, because people didn't know where Tucker was going to put it, but he will put it on X or on Twitter. As I said, it'll be pretty much the same time as the actual debate. And I, I have one curiosity. Will some producer, some person at Fox stream live the conversation between Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump and try to pull clips of it to ask questions to everyone else at, on that debate stage that are... Trump respond like, would they try to sort of force Trump into um, kind of sort of being a part of the debate by borrowing audio from Tucker. Carl- it would be very interesting if it happens. That's probably the biggest reason why they didn't uh, put this out any sooner other than wanting to beat it, uh, which is probably the other reason they're counterprogramming it. Uh, but I do think it's interesting that it'll be going on live and it's it's certainly going to be a temptation of some producer somewhere in that building uh, to be pulling and letting the moderators know the stuff Trump is talking about and the off chance they use it and have people respond to it, which would tell you all you need to know, by the way, about even Fox accepting how far ahead Trump is if they try to use his audio. So I'm I'm curious. I wonder if that'll happen. I'm sort of predicting it will. Um, all right. That's number four story or maybe five as well. Uh, this story also out there. Let's call this number three. Sloppy, the way I'm doing this uh, numbering. The defendants, the co-conspirators, co-defendants, whatever you want to call them, in the Georgia case have been turning themselves in. Uh, they've been taking mugshots as they're getting booked in Fulton County. And those mugshots are now becoming viral, uh, being put out uh, first, of course, uh, by uh, Fulton, uh, Fulton County itself and then a whole bunch of media. I just have a simple question for you. Which mugshot's the best? I wonder if anyone can see them or is looking at them or wants to pull them up on their computer. I think right now I would go with Jenna Ellis as the best mugshot so far. I do think it's weird that this is um, being used as much as it is in media. I think it is um, political as as much, but, you know, mugshots come out. This is not um, something that's completely rare and mugshots don't usually have this much interest behind them. Uh, but again, I do think there's enough people, enough news organizations propping up the sharing of these that it makes even more sense that Trump tries not to take one because the, the whole intention of it will be to do something that the mugshot's not really supposed to be. It's not supposed to be an admission of guilt, and a lot of media will want that photo itself to seem as though this is a demonstration that a guilty verdict has been found in something uh, that has not actually occurred yet. And so it's almost like anti-our our judicial system, in my opinion, to have it go that way. And I know people will say I'm being overly kind to the former president, but I mean that about anybody. Uh, these mugshots going viral seem to be intentionally trying to demonstrate how everybody is, is guilty. Uh, some other things out there. Uh, this is number two on my list of top five at five. And I can't believe I'm putting this at number two. I should put this number, but the heat, I guess, gets to be number one. Number two is, is, uh, Yevhenny Prigozhin, uh, being someone who may have been killed, uh, in a plane that got shot down over Russia. Uh, that name, that person, if you're familiar with it even a little bit or at all, uh, is an individual uh, who was the leader of the Wagner Group, the Wagner Group, as I always want to say it, but that's not they we're supposed to pronounce it. It's the way it's spelled, though. Uh, but the Wagner Group, uh, which, of course, um, had a one-day revolt or a, a weekend revolt against Russia. They're a mercenary group uh, that Russia uses for uh, certain fighting, um, and then the leader of it was supposed to go live in Belarus. Then Belarus said, no. Anyway, I do think it's interesting. I do want to play this. Um, Russian media is saying that he died and he was on, on that plane and that it got shot down, I think, is maybe other media reporting, not Russian media. Uh, but the other thing is interesting, and Fox uh, brought this up. Boghossian is known for faking his own death and using uh, aliases and fake names and all kinds of stuff. So you really don't know what to believe. But I guess the more shocking part, the reason it's number two on my list, really should be number one, is that our president didn't cancel his spin class to find out about this. So I have both of these things. I have Russia. Um, media reporting from Fox talking about how he was on the plane and was was killed, and then also they're wondering if that's
1: really true, so I'll play that first. We should note here, though, this is all according to preliminary reports and information from Russian state media indicating there were 10 people on board this business jet flying to St. Petersburg, Three of them were crew members. And according to these reports, one of them was Yevgeny Prigozhin. Now, Prigozhin is a man with a long history of fake identities, faking his own death, and even using disguises in order to get away from difficult situations. So is he actually dead is one question.
0: And did Vladimir Putin kill him on purpose, which I think a lot of people would feel like they can answer. Uh, But our president uh, was reportedly, as I said, in a spin class and doing other stuff. And so he wasn't he wasn't available. Uh, for a while, and then media finally caught up with him. I just want to play the report. This wasn't tied to the announcement about Yevgeny uh, Prigozhin. It just it feels so relevant when you hear this, too.
1: Also, this just into us from the White House. The president, the first lady and members of their family are taking a Pilates class right now. (laughs) All right. Followed by a spin class. Uh Uh-huh. This is out of the White House.
0: This is real. This is what they're doing. And then, as I said, they did finally uh, find Biden as he was walking out and asked him what he knew or what he thought of it. And he, he gave within the answer that I was working out. I don't have as much information as I should have as the president of our country in a response to a potential political, um, you know, opponent to some degree of of the leader of Russia uh, being assassinated, which is the story that uh, Biden seems to think is likely true by the things he said. But he had no idea. He hadn't been briefed about it. He was too busy uh, doing Pilates and
2: spin. I recall when I was asked about this by you, I said, I'll be careful what I think, what I wrote in I don't know for a fact what happened, but I'm not surprised. Do
3: you think people do- 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 There's
0: not
2: much that happens when I mean, the, the is not behind. I don't know enough
0: to know the answer. Why not? i working out for the last hour and a half. Why, I, I'm not saying that our intelligence probably knows all that much more than what Biden knows walking out of the spin class, but he knows nothing. He literally is walking out, holding his, um, you know, juice, uh, product his smoothie and admits to people that he'd been working out for an hour and a half instead of doing it that feels like a day you should be doing the job sir i don't know just me throwing it out there all right number one story though and only really because it's the thing most affecting you me anybody in our lives right now heat slash tropical storms have been um, uh, battering uh, according to nbc news the midwest and the south uh, temperatures are very very hot uh, they're going to be hottest tomorrow, so you should uh, have as many precautions as possible. Uh, keep yourself, um, you know, uh, as as safe. Uh, keep yourself <laughs> lubricated is what I want to say. It's not the right word. Uh, keep yourself hydrated. Uh, do everything you need to do, especially if you're working outside for long hours. Um, but just as a note, and I, I do think it's interesting, and I've had a few listeners reach out and tell me they heard stories from family members about this because of how popular it is to transition from, Whatever the story is in the news to something that's politics and, and whatever else it might be. And I'm not even totally saying that I think global warming isn't real, which I know is probably not making all the listeners who listen to the show very happy. Uh, but I'll be honest, I don't think any way, shape or form that the United States government can fix the problem. Uh, but I wanted to look up the hottest day ever on record uh, here in Peoria. And one thing that's most important when you look up records, especially records for heat index, is when the heat index started, uh, which is not the entire time that we've been taking uh, temperature. Uh, the heat index started in 1948. So as far as the record set today, uh, the truth is that it's the highest heat index since 1948, but the highest actual temperature, and you assume probably the heat index was higher than it, 113. And that was in 1936 on July 15th. I was 110 on July 14th, 36, 109 on the 13th and 108 on the 11th. I don't know what happened on July 12th, but I thought that was interesting because that bit of history probably not going to come up in any of those conversations you're having about global warming or other things today or the heat index 121 uh, being a record, which it is uh, 119, the previous record set in 1995, 117 we had twice. 116, we had twice. 115, we've had six or seven times. Uh, But 121 is the highest ever, again, since 1948, when that became an official stat we recorded. But the highest actual temperature, uh, which will not be broken tomorrow, I assume. I I hope that I'm not wrong in saying that. It's not projected to be. 113 degrees, uh, which sounds very hot. And actually, 309-340-4464 Uh, 309-340-4464. If you have a family member that passed down a story about the heat wave of 36, uh, tell me about it. Let me know. I've had some listeners do that today. I'm enjoying hearing these stories um, because I imagine anyone that was alive then talked about it a lot and probably talked about it for years. And actually, the story of, like, we went to school with no shoes on, uphill both directions, does get more powerful when it's 113 degrees outside in 1936. So that was the summer, so maybe maybe they got to skip school. I don't know. Uh, I feel like my family members told me they went to school year-round as well. All right, we'll take a break. A lot more in a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Good story, bad story, coming up in about 10 minutes. That's where I tell you something that makes you feel hopeful about the world we live in and the people in it, and then, well, we do the opposite. Uh, That's coming up, as I said, in 10 minutes. We do it every day after the 5.30 news. Uh, I could never was the title of a um, social media post about a woman that tried to ask for an old job back. I thought this was interesting because there was the great, uh, quitting or whatever they called it, um, a whole bunch of people that were just quitting their jobs, especially younger professionals, hoping for a greener, uh, better opportunity somewhere, a greener, you know, um, pasture. And I guess not working out for a lot of people, because uh, this person put up their post about sending a text to an old boss and saying, hey, I was wondering if I could get my old job back, a job that's been filled and they weren't hiring for. And so the boss texted back, once a quitter, always a quitter. And that was the end of it. Uh, that was, you can apply if you want to, but once a quitter, always a quitter, uh, means you're probably unlikely to get the gig. Uh, people got mad about this. It was apparently controversial. And then actually a lot of people said they, they felt for uh, the young person in the post they put up because they also want their old job back. I can't say this isn't something you see coming, uh, especially when it's the, the the great quitting of everybody all doing it at the same time because social media is telling them to do it or people who virally quit jobs and try to be as ridiculous as possible and then probably struggle to find work after because if it went viral for the employer that you just left, it's probably also going to be viral for the employer that looks you up considering hiring you. But again, I I, know, I don't take great joy in this. I'm not... Happy to hear uh, people, you know, that say this sort of thing. But, again, I'm not I'm not surprised uh, that sometimes, uh, and it's not always true, of course, better jobs exist. People can find uh, better gigs uh, out there. Um, but just choosing to quit because everybody on social media is doing it was probably not a good way to go about finding that better opportunity. And there's all kinds of reasons why it might not work out. And I do think the employer probably is right in saying, you quit on us once, you'll probably do it again. If you find another job, you like more. All right. Some other things out there. Uh, a third of people have actually kicked a guest out of their house that they told was being a bad guest. Ninety one percent of people said that they've had an annoying person over, uh, but it's just a very small amount of people uh, comparatively. A third that say, get out, get on out of the house, uh, which I found uh, interesting. I don't think I would kick anybody out for being annoying. I uh, hear some of the reasons they said they kicked guests out. They overstayed their welcome. They made a mess of something. They hogged the bathroom, which is an I can't envision someone being over your house and not understanding the sharing of the bathroom thing. That would be annoying. But again, um, uh, maybe it's a relative or a family member if they're staying that long. Uh, but 33 or 35 actually percent of people have been like, "You're you're not uh, someone we want back. You're someone that needs to leave now." I think there are more eloquent ways to do it. If you want to do it, everybody leave. Let's go uh, grab a coffee or something, and then no one goes back to that. I don't know. Uh, but this is interesting. Uh, that um, And I can't think of anybody. I had some college buddies that had moved out of Chicago when I was still living there that would crash for a few days, sometimes a couple more than a few days. And it never got to the point where I wanted them to get out. Um, but I, it was also a different – I think it might be more annoying now, uh, but I don't think people live like – I don't know. Uh, but this was interesting to me. Tell me if you've done this. 309-340-4464 is the number to text or leave a voicemail on if you want to uh, weigh in on anything I'm talking about. All right. We'll take a break. Will's got the news. After the news, it's good story, bad story time on uh, The Craig Collins Show on 1470, which is an AM, 100.3 is an FM. On your smart speaker, play WMBD Radio or on your app. WMBD Radio has an app, and you can put it on the phone and play it in the car. Play it wherever you want to play it. Those are ways to do it. Uh, And you'll hear Will Stevenson, live and local in our newsroom, talking about this. Can I use your bathroom, by the way, before I leave? As long as you don't hog it. Oh, well, all right. (laughs) What are you planning on doing to
2: it, Will? That's none of your business, sir. (laughs) I feel immediately uncomfortable. As you probably should be.
0: You, shouldn't, gonna do news you now?
2: shouldn't let me use the master bathroom. Yeah. This is my
0: favorite intro to your news. <laughs> Will's got to go to the bathroom. Also, let's do some news. I, uh, Quickest news you've ever heard. You know, it's been,
4: <laughs> yeah, you, it's, it's been, a, it's been a rough couple of days, Craig. All yeah, right. little Fair bit. Enough.
0: 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Good story, bad story time. Uh, this is where I tell you a story that hopefully makes you feel good about the world and the people in it, and then we, well, uh, I say kick you in another place where we do the opposite of that. But first, let's do the good story. A, um, a cop in Salt Lake City named David, um, this is not a good part of the story, uh, lost his life in the line of duty, uh, leaving his four-month-old Jackson without a father. Uh, now Jackson's in the News is back in 2018. Now Jackson's in the News, after starting kindergarten on Monday, and he has a bunch of fill-in dads. Who all walked him to school? Uh, these are people who uh, served as as cops, dozens of cops that all knew uh, David and, and knew the family. Uh, his mom held his hand. It's amazing. There's there's a, a photo that's gone viral that's just incredibly moving. And so, even though it's a tragedy and, and awful, and it's a reminder of what cops do. Day in and day out uh, for communities all throughout the country um, that, you know, a, a cop died in the line of duty and he has a family left behind. But also the brother in arms thing that you see a lot in the military and you see a lot uh, for police as they walk the kid to school on his first day of kindergarten. And he's got it's a whole row. It's dozens of cops that are there. And so, again, it's it's a sad story, but with a really sort of a beautiful kind of human thing. And honestly, I, I f- saw that as a good story, and I thought to myself, I don't even want to tell a bad story, which happens to me sometimes after these because of how good this one is. I can do um, a less good good story first as sort of a, a thing that I guess breaks up. But that that's moving in a way that not many things are. So um, I, I think it's awesome that all those cops uh, cared enough and have been paying attention to the family for the last five years uh, that they were there after the four-month-old is old enough to go to his first day of school. Um, all right, let's do a, a less good, good story, and then we'll move on to the bad story. A baby giraffe with no spots was just born in a zoo in Tennessee and could be the only spotless giraffe in the world. Uh, the giraffe has uh, brown with yellow patches on it. There's a photo that went viral. Experts are saying that the good thing is that she's in captivity, that the giraffe's there, because without the spots and camouflage, you'd have a really low chance of making it in the wild. There's even audio that went viral. Again, this is a much less good story and what I feel much better transitioning to a bad story from. But here's some of the audio of this.
2: From day one, we've been in contact with zoo professionals all over the country. And, you know, especially the old timers that have been around for a long time. Hey, have you seen this? What's your thoughts? And nobody's seen it. It's better she's born in captivity. You know, in the wild, they use those spots for camouflage. By being solid colored, she may not be able to hide quite as well.
0: Yeah, so they're talking about how uh, they were making sure that this is actually a thing that no other giraffe has been born without and that they can talk about it, I guess, as they promote the zoo, uh, but then also talk about how it's beneficial to the animal. But there you go. That's a less good, good story for sure. Uh, now it's time for the bad story. A man in Georgia was arrested uh, because he's a porch pirate, but in a different way than you think. He stole the entire porch from his neighbor i don't know how you you do this uh the house had to be removed from the lot but the property owner says the porch was not up for grabs it's not something that was supposed to be stolen uh the neighbor was like i think i can take this it seems like i can take this it was large eight feet by ten it's valued at three thousand dollars cops were closing in on robbins uh robin excuse me i I said robbins there it made me think of scott robbins he is not involved in this I, i don't know where he was the other day but i don't think it was anywhere to do with this Uh, but this is great the police were called uh to the home on an allegation of something else uh when they saw some fighting and other things happening they also realized that someone was stealing the porch and they uh, chased the person down stealing the porch and yeah, it's not an easy thing to run from the cops uh, with a whole porch tied to your car. So this wound up going the direction you think it would go, but it's a brand new way to describe Porch Pirate, uh, to say the very least, and probably the biggest reason that went viral. Um, real quick, one other thing that I just thought of, I don't know if I should admit admit this on the radio, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. The other day, uh, my wife and I are getting ready to go um take a trip for her birthday we went to St. Louis for a couple days to celebrate my wife's birthday which was on Friday and I had a delivery in in front of my house and I just grabbed the packages and put them inside I thought they were for the missus she had bought a bunch of things on Amazon I didn't read them I didn't look at them I didn't open them because I knew they weren't mine I hadn't bought anything from Amazon so I just put them in our house and then we went on our trip and I guess it was a neighbor's package that I didn't pay attention to that was in my home for 3 days after it was uh, delivered by Amazon to uh, my address. And my neighbor got very... A neighbor, I don't know, like it's a few houses down. I got very upset. It seemed like I wrote a, a letter uh, and put it on my mailbox and some other things. And I didn't know how to explain this to someone. that I didn't look. I didn't pay attention. It's my wife's birthday, so I sort of assumed... And one of the packages was for Betty, actually. So I should say that, that there was a pile, and, and one did say her name on it. I feel like I saw that one, and then I just put them in the house. Uh, but anyway... I returned them, they weren't opened, I didn't try to steal anything, wasn't being a porch pirate, delivered to my house. But I guess because of a photo, uh, the neighbor saw that it was my front yard uh, that was pictured, and they thought I was trying to steal their thing. And again, I didn't know what to do uh, to like explain this. So I just left the packages. I didn't write my own note back in response to their note. I just um, hope that it's all okay now because I didn't intend to steal stuff, and we were really out of town. I can show you the receipts if you want, if the neighbor is listening. This is a weird way to do this. Uh, but we were really out of town immediately after I scooped those up and put them in our house. So I, I didn't intend to steal them for a few days and then deliver them to you later, <laughs> but I, I don't know what they think of it. And with all the other neighbors, I don't know if they've already gossiped about it. I don't know if we're the untrustworthy house now. I have no idea what's going on. But I did find it pretty interesting. Um, so that that's a thing. I'm not a porch pirate, but I may be accused of being one on TV. or I don't know where I'm going with that. But all right, let me take a break after this. I'll do one more thing, and then I'll take a break. Uh, I do think this is uh, pretty interesting, too, as far as stuff out there in the, the world and just stuff that, you know, um, Probably more people are talking about than than what I was talking about a second ago. So there's this this witness that I guess has changed their testimony in one of the former president's cases. I know this is a pivot to something more serious, but I wanted to throw this somewhere on the show, and this is the best spot for it. Uh, Trump employee number four is what they're known as. Uh, this employee had previously been represented by lawyers provided by uh, Trump, I think, by the former president. And so their testimony was, and this is an IT person. I think, uh, I think we actually know the name of the person. Not that that matters. You don't know them. I don't know them. Um, but uh, it's an IT person who works at Mar-a-Lago. And so the first version of, of a story they provided, and that was testimony they gave, uh, said that there was no attempt to delete security footage of any kind. Uh, now they flipped and have brand new lawyers provided by the state, provided by prosecutors, and they apparently now are saying, oh, yeah, no, totally. Uh, that definitely happened. Here's the thing about this story and it it going viral and, and being a moment that people want to talk about. Once you lie in a setting like that, in a situation like that, your testimony becomes less valuable. And any lawyer worth their salt at all will tear you apart for changing your story from one official statement to another official statement because there's no motivation to believe that this is more true than the last thing once you're admitting that you lied at all. Being honest throughout the process is the only way to have real credibility. I'm not saying it's a lie. I'm not trying to go that far. I don't know. I just know that it's not going to be as powerful of a witness as media is saying it is because the person who repeatedly denied or claimed not to recall any of the conversations or information about attempts to delete security footage at Mar-a-Lago now vividly remembers that stuff. Weird how that happens. huh? Weird how that changes based on who knows what. Uh, but that alone will not be a strong enough testimony, even though they're calling it a key witness, uh, this IT person, to, I think, convince a jury, a, a jury that's not biased already, uh, that this person isn't lying now, as opposed to just lying before, but now waking up and wanting to tell the truth. So I thought that was interesting, wanted at least touching it. I know it's been out there for like a day or so, uh, but that's that's at least how, as I feel, tell me if you feel differently. Uh, you can text the show, 309 309- three four zero four four six four three oh nine three four zero four four six four before i take a break too, the vfw in peoria heights is one of my favorite places to go uh betty and i go there a lot taco tuesday was yesterday it's great the food is great um you can find them at 1505 east lake avenue uh 309-682-9875 is the phone number 309-682-9875 one of my uh, biggest reasons that i like going bartenders are nice it's an atmosphere that uh, I think anybody can have fun in uh but they also just do a lot of philanthropic work and of course uh VFWs are run by people who served and protected in our country. So people like Eric who you've heard on the show um continue to have that same sentiment, that same desire to do good uh in the world or to protect people and so they do a lot of things which means that if you go there and you hang out at the bar and you have a couple drinks or you lose a little money at the uh gaming uh area they have in the back or maybe you play a lot of pool, I don't know what you do whatever you do some of that money will wind up probably helping people uh cuz they do it all the time with the money they have that goes beyond just running their bar uh they even have an event coming up i think in early september veterans helping veterans which i'm sure we'll be talking more about in the next few days and how you can help with a, a really good uh, organization that that does things like donate um um chairs donate you know um mobile um uh things to veterans in need veterans who can't get around on their own so it's just one of many ways in which they they do a lot of good so uh, we'll talk about that more in a bit but go hang out there 1505 east lake avenue best tacos in town according to betty quick break a lot more 1470 100.3 wmbd it's the craig County. 1470 100.3 WWD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, just a few more minutes of the show with me. And then uh, you have Dave Ramsey taking over. Uh, the debate is tonight, the Republican debate. Trump is not a part of it, of course. Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy uh, um, are two of the candidates I think most likely to potentially stand out and or uh, tank their um, political chances. Although everyone is so far behind Trump, it does feel, even though his campaign was getting in trouble for this, uh, like it's a race to be the vice presidential candidate, at least this first debate, uh, again, one that Trump chose not to participate in, probably for a bunch of reasons. Uh, I think the the official one is that he wouldn't sign the pledge that said he'd support whoever the nominee is if it's not him, although in all honesty, it's a smart political move to not participate in this first debate because you're up by so much you have essentially the same lead that biden has on anyone that he's competing against and he's not going to debate even though you'd love to see him debate uh, that's not going to happen uh, so uh, trump's behaving essentially the same way uh, at least for now and even his campaign i think blasted uh, a bunch of uh, Desantisy stuff was out there people criticized it i don't know that it i don't know that it matters that much in all honesty but there's like a luxurious trump campaign media dinner thing that's uh, got a bunch of negative de stuff i think they are even going to be giving out pudding which i find kind of funny um but in all honesty there's also a bunch of people that are filling out like bingo uh things for the debate if you're going to watch tonight and then also trump is sitting down with tucker carlson uh that starts at uh just before eight o'clock our time uh which is going to be live streamed on x or on twitter uh which is what people still know it hasn't what's still worth twitter.com is the place that still works when you type it into the old internet. Uh, don't look beyond Tim Scott. That's John Ackerman sending a text in. I wouldn't. I think uh, Tim Scott is actually going to do a great job tonight. Uh, whether or not he can climb as much as, say, Ramaswamy or DeSantis, who are already a, a little bit ahead of him, is something to see. But it's early. Anyone can establish themselves, uh, even uh, people like um, those who are being easily discounted in this. I don't think Chris Christie, uh, maybe Mike Pence, I don't know. But even Doug Burgum has uh, is, is got a shot because he'll be there on crutches and all. Uh, so anyone can can start to distance themselves, can, you know, have an incredible. But without Trump there, without sparring directly with him, I don't think it'll be. As effective of a win as it could have been if someone had actually gone toe to toe and done well against Trump. Although I am curious about this. I know I said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, if they use any of the audio that's coming out any of the video of Trump and Tucker. As they're doing the debate, they could try to have somebody sit on it as a producer in radio. I do this all the time uh, alone on my show uh, where you try to pull audio, take a quick break, come back with something that you just prepped on the fly. Uh, So they could do that and go off script if they think there's something really impactful that's said. And then essentially you have Trump sort of kind of in the debate. So it'll be interesting to see how desperate they are to force Trump into it by potential because that's obviously very hard and not the way you would typically do a debate. You wouldn't be pulling audio off from the side, and it's probably incredibly unlikely, but I think there's a chance it does happen. All right, Uh, a couple other quick things, uh, sillier things before I get out of here. First, I I just saw this. This is cool, actually, more so than silly. Childhood music lessons may help keep your mind sharp later in life, according to a brand-new study in psychology and aging, uh, obviously a journal we all have. Uh, which found that musicians do marginally better on cognitive tests than those who didn't play an instrument at all. Music can be such a joyful and enriching experience for all ages, said one of the professors uh, who probably teaches music along with doing the study. I don't know. Uh, we are keen to investigate musical experience further, though. Uh, they say the biggest impact comes from learning at a very young age. And keeping up with music to some degree, uh, which helped people in their 70s and 80s perform better on cognitive tests than people who never learn. I wonder, like, what level of learn they? Because I tried to learn the guitar multiple times, but it never went very well. And so I wouldn't say I ever learned it. I'm nowhere near the guitar player. I wouldn't even call myself that. Uh, that even guys like uh, Markley and Van Camp are, uh, who brag. I don't know if they brag, but talk about how that was their first attempt. Uh, before they got into radio i'm not that um but i wanted like to try it at all and actually I had a roommate uh, who tried to teach me piano in college because he was majoring in that i went to an art school i've talked about on the radio and so that didn't go well either but i tried i tried to learn some stuff that wasn't as a kid necessarily but i wonder if it helps me Uh, but probably not i'm assuming not Uh, other things out there that i saw I i thought this was kind of funny and i guess i'll play a little bit of audio with this too so this guy in new york city went viral I guess there's an HBO show, too, about some of this stuff um, because he lives very, very close to a subway, to a train station in New York City. And so he he gave a tour of his apartment and he demonstrated how loud it is in his apartment. Uh, two reasons I wanted to play this. Most people probably don't care. We don't have any sort of significant subways that people ride around here. And the bus, it wouldn't hurt you to live close to a bus stop. Um, but I had friends in Chicago who lived – right next to one of these, and so you you sign up for this. You go see the apartment. You're not shocked when the train is right there. So I don't have as much sympathy as most people have for this guy, but here, first the audio. This is
4: the uh, Myrtle Broadway station.
0: That's inside his house. He's got the windows closed. He is inside his home, at his bed, pointing outside the window he said he might even close the curtains uh but that that's how loud it is uh, my buddies uh, did that they every day for and i think they stayed in that apartment for a while uh for years and the thing that was smart about it though i would say this is they lived around a train that stopped running at a certain time it was the brown line in chicago not the red line which runs all night long so after like one o'clock It didn't run again until 5 or 6, so they had a window there where it wasn't as noisy, even though I think part of that track was a shared track, so maybe some trains still would cross over it, but they would just do earplugs. they do all kinds of stuff, and they said they loved their apartment because it was way cheaper than ones that don't have a train outside the window, but that is a unique thing that you kind of sign up for, so again, because I know people that have done it, I don't feel as bad for that guy as most people online do and apparently are talking about it, but I just thought it was funny that he went viral and he pointed to the window, and he obviously was very sad. And I do think maybe a lot of people who are reacting are people who might not have ever lived in a, a city and obviously can tell that that would be really hard to sleep with that noise, but don't factor in that you chose that part. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Now, one last thing. I want to play this. I played it earlier in the show. I think it's adorable. It's a nice way to end the show. Um, it's a kid that's trying to tell Pop that she wants him to read Winnie the Pooh to her, uh, Pop doesn't hear it that way. He put it up on social media. It went viral. Uh, people seem to really, really like it. Uh, but the thing that I love the most about it is just how we can all become like children. We can all become, um, you know, uh, that same kid we used to be who finds certain things, especially guys, can do this, I would say. And so I'm not surprised at all that Dad found this so funny. And I find it funny, and you might not. You might think it's juvenile, but here we go. We
5: need to
2: poo.
1: No, we don't need to poo. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well. We need to pull up.
0: He's dying. Oh my word. <laughs> He thinks she's saying, say, we need to poo, and you're probably thinking that that's what she's saying, too, and that would be interesting if the kid collectively knew that both herself and her dad needed to go to the restroom, but she just wants to read Winnie the Pooh, and she's probably pointing at a book, but I love how funny he finds it, and I, I think it's it's great that that went viral. Uh, there you go, a nice little easy moment to end the show. All right, I'm out of here. Uh, I will be watching the debate tonight, of course. I'll we'll also uh, watch, I don't know which, maybe both at the same time, uh, with Tucker and Trump talk about. So I'll be playing a lot of that audio tomorrow on the show. Um, you've got Dave Ramsey coming up next, giving you all kinds of advice in the world of, of things that I don't do and I need to listen. I probably should just do Ramsey and then watch all the stuff tomorrow uh, that is the debate and or the Tucker thing. But I'll do some of it tonight. Uh, and also I wonder, 309-340-4464, Do you have like a snack you prepare for this kind of thing? Is there anything you eat with that? 309-340-4464. Let me know if there's something you consume.